Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Nikki Parkinson is a social media icon, award-winning journalist, digital publisher, author, and now a fashion designer. Nikki launched her Starling You blog over 10 years ago, and she quickly gathered a fiercely loyal tribe of passionate women who love her inclusive, joyful, and honest portrayal of family life, fashion, and beauty. Nikki embodies the energy and drive of a woman who is self-assured and living her best life. We first met around 10 years ago, and I remember distinctly having coffee in Double Bay and talking about starting a digital business and all of the obstacles and barriers to monetizing our new ventures. It didn't take long for Nikki to soar above everyone else in her category, turning around the mummy blogger title and making herself a very successful digital publisher. In this episode, Nikki shares her views on reimagining personal style and gives advice on how to dress for your attitude and never for your age. She also shares tips for using social media to reinvent and refine your style code. We talked about her annual styling use swimsuit issue and how images of diversity build confidence in women and girls. More than ever, Nikki believes that it's time to celebrate beauty and bodies at every age and of every shape. Her philosophy and what she's learned over her career are priceless gems, as are Nikki's tips for navigating life's big moments. This is an episode that is uplifting with excellent style tips and a window into a truly ageless muse. I'm excited to introduce you to Nikki Parkinson, an episode dedicated to unlocking your style. I am excited to bring you my friend from Brisbane, Nikki Parkinson from Styling You. Welcome to Ageless by Rescue, you beautiful muse. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. It's been a while since we've caught up and our story goes quite a bit back. I remember the first time we met was at an event and then we decided to have brunch in Double Bay and it was at the beginning of you blogging and I just launched Rescue maybe a couple of years and we were swapping war stories and kind of future projections of what life on the digital side of life would be. I don't think any of us could have predicted what happened. Uh, This was pre-Instagram which most people don't even think online existed before Instagram but it definitely was a thing. Do you know the other thing that I always liked about us and our friendship and our kind of camaraderie over being digital entrepreneurs is I'm 47, you're 54. And I don't think either of us have ever felt too young, too old, intimidated by what was going on around us. And I think that that was like, For me, you're kind of like an older sister that I've looked up to because the big changes you've made in your life have been so inspirational. You have grown kids, um, adult children, and my daughter's 11. And, you know, you've, you've had this massive career in the public eye. You've reinvented yourself at least three times as far as I can remember. Um, And you are the living embodiment that it's not a conversation about age. It's really about an ageless spirit, how much you back yourself, 
who you see yourself as being? Is it as natural for you as it appears on the outside? I think I always say it's not about ageing, it's about attitude. And I think one of the benefits of growing older is understanding what's important to you, to yourself, not what other people think. And you start, you don't ignore what people think, start to give less about what other people think. Mm. So um, I think that is helpful in actually honouring who you are um, and that's definitely how I feel that my evolution has been. Um, I don't think I really definitely in my 20s and halfway through my 30s didn't really understand who I was um, or what I wanted to do. I think I knew I always wanted to be around fashion but I was a print journalist and back then there was no conversation. It was more a broadcasting. So when I kind of stumbled accidentally into the online world, I got to have the chats like we're having now. Um, it might have been over Twitter in the early days, um, different platforms, but it was just that ability to talk and connect with other women that lit me up. And I think when you can do that, it um your light is shine lit up and and shining but you're also got the ability to shine for other women and it was that two-way conversation that I got to start and I get to continue um that actually that feeds my soul you know it's really interesting because I went the other way I actually the the model of rescue and my publishing model was not conversational because I had a panel of experts. So I decided to go the route of there would be no I in rescue. There was only experts. And so I was always storytelling from the point of view of an expert, the expertise from someone who was highly qualified in that particular pillar that we were publishing alongside. And I was very, very careful not to have an eye voice, not to jump in on the conversation and take over, not to try to steer my reader's mind away from the experts whose voices I allowed to kind of be the piece for rescue. And I remember watching what you were doing, which was more natural, really, because women connect through conversation and women are the most natural referral systems known to humankind. And you I can't help myself. I don't know. But about you, you hit but that like... zeitgeist. You just like went <laughs> yeah. and your your a media platform exploded. And I think, you know, when I was watching you do styling you, I thought that is really brave and it's really honest because, you know, you started doing um the concept of the model and me, which I'd love you to kind of share because that was like a real game changer on the in the online conversation it actually started as um as most of the things there was no great strategy it was a little bit of an accident I was asked to model in a parade for a small boutique on the Sunshine Coast where I lived at the time and they were a big stockist of the brand Metallicus, um, which yeah. I don't think exists anymore, no. but it was known as the Skinny Woman's brand. And this boutique had great success with its clientele um, and they had a bunch of different sizes in the lineup for this parade. 
And I was sitting there and I was wearing a dress and I just looked at the Facebook page for Metallicus and there was a photo of a model in the same dress that I was wearing and she did not look like me at all. And it's not that one is better than the other, it's just it's different. So I thought, hello, here's the model and me and it quickly got legs and um, it's been a great way to offer a different perspective um, particularly in those, up until a few years ago, most e-commerce websites selling clothes would only offer one size option visual cue for um, their potential that's customers. True. So that's changing. And um, the model in me kind of isn't enough now because that's only two representations. But it was just a start to say, hey, I'm a size 14 and I still want to wear lovely clothes. Um, I understand it's hard for you to imagine what that looks like on me, but here's what it could look like. Um, So I'm just one other option. And I always said that. I never said it was better. It's different. And that's. And you know what that that model works so well because you uh, you look at someone who I love and admire Trini Woodall who I've actually hosted on the podcast in this season that we're running you so you're an excellent company but what she does on her YouTube channel is to me you know the same spin she will try on an outfit and I think it's Chloe uh, one of the girls on yes. her team with the totally Friday different- twinning. Yes. So different age, different body shape, different look, absolutely all together. And it's such a beautiful way to visualize and equalize um, fashion and equalize style because the most beautiful women in the world tailor a a look from the runway and make it their own. When you when you wear the garment rather than the garment wearing you, that's the definition of style to me. And I, one of the things I liked about the model in me that for me really worked when I was looking at you, you and I look very different. You know, you're a blonde Queensland girl, completely different look to me. But what it kind of said to me is you took, you know, a fashion item and you completely wore it as your own. And I think that that also opened up the pathway for a lot of women saying, okay, I absolutely love this designer, but I'm going to wear it my way because I don't, I don't have to aspire to looking like their fit model. No, exactly. And um, most of us are never going to come close (laughs) to the traditional fashion fit model. And um, I just wanted to be a bit of a, a conduit between the labels that I loved and their potential customers, and particularly supporting independent um, labels um, because they need our help. (laughs) They need it then. They needed it now. Do you know the other thing that I think, though, is that we needed help too because most designers were, you know, 10, even five years ago, were designing for uh, an 18 or even 16 to maybe 28 year old client but we're the ones with the money we're the ones with the the life (laughs) yeah and the occasions to wear them and uh and the confidence to to try different things different colors and different styles and shapes and we know our bodies a little better so I think that that's the other part of the conversation I'd really like to have with you uh, in that 
ageless kind of um, tone is, you know, do you experiment with styles? Do you do you give yourself free reign to wear, to try, to experiment with um, designers, looks, styles that are pitched at a 22-year-old and feel okay about it? Yes. Yeah, because I do believe in dressing for your attitude, not your age. I really dislike this idea that you reach a certain age and you've got to dress a certain way. I mean, that was rolled out to us in magazines year after year and there's no magic flicking of the switch when you reach a milestone birthday and you're suddenly going to dress differently you hopefully understand a little bit more about who you are um, with each year and I always say that if you can dress to show the world who you are then you're going to feel most confident in what you're wearing so that comes with a great sense of playing with um, different designers, different styles, looking at the trends each season and going, oh, yeah, that really speaks to me, but no, that's that's a no for me. And then being okay with that, that you don't have to embrace everything, but you can be discerning about what really is your personal style. Would you describe yourself as, you know, on trend and fashionable or stylish? stylish because there's always a nod to trends because that keeps things fresh but um I would say largely I have a very classic style um and then every so often I'll go a little peacock (laughs) and bring in all the color and sequence and everything like that but largely I feel most confident in neutrals and um black (laughs) I'm wearing navy today, so I'm going that. And I give women permission, if that's what they feel most confident in, then do it because it is about dressing to feel confident because we're not walking out the door naked. So what can we put on to help us best do our day um, with confidence? Um, And that comes from knowing who you are. In your time as the publisher of Styling You and all the work that you've done with fashion brands, have you discovered some um, shortcuts to capturing that confidence that you're talking about that is ageless in attitude? So, you know, a 25-year-old reader could try it and a 65-year-old reader could try it and it's still that ethos or that kind of um, way of styling yourself really works. Yes. So there's a few things and and most of it is about um, organisation and being clear about what's in your wardrobe. So um, I did another, I'm regularly culling hazard of the the game, but it, it is something if I start to feel overwhelmed in my wardrobe, there's a fair chance I'm feeling overwhelmed in my life. Okay. And if I have organisation, then I can better plan out what I'm going to wear and when I plan out what I'm going to wear I feel that confident because I'm not scrambling around in the morning to find the right outfit for whatever that day is dishing up so I feel like a level of planning and organization does go a long way you can change your mind but I like to do on a Sunday afternoon just hang up in one section five outfits for the working week I might change my mind one morning, 
but I've got a structure to start with. And that helps you because you're less making decisions on the fly. Mm -hmm. And so you're putting some thought into how all those pieces are going to work together. Or maybe it's just a simple dress and you're thinking about the shoes and the accessories. So that I feel is a really big one. The other thing that I've found over the years that is a stumbling block to women is they don't own enough of good quality basics, those foundation pieces in your wardrobe. Um, because it's so easy if you're shopping online or if you happen to be able to go out to a store, you can see all the sparkly, the color, everything that's shiny and bowerbird like you kind of just grab. And then what if you don't have that fabulous pair of jeans to wear that top with? Then you the more you do that, the more you feel like you've got nothing to wear and it becomes problematic in even trying to work out what your style is. So I, I always say be organized, make sure you've got the quality basics for your lifestyle. So you may not be going to the office. Not many people are these days and corporate clothing has definitely changed. But you want to have the basics that are right for your general week. Um, and they form the foundations um, for all the fun bits that you can add on top. And do you try everything on on Sunday uh, or do you pretty much know how everything looks on you? How yeah. often do you try on your clothes when you're, you know, you talked about being yeah. good at culling. Do you do it visually or do you try it on and go, you know what, this doesn't work so much anymore. I'm I'm ready to move on. Um, I aim for twice a year and generally when the seasons start to turn is a good time because that's when you're most likely going to be seduced into buying something new. And if you're like me, how many white shirts and black dresses can I have? Because that's what I gravitate towards. But um, I do it at the change of seasons. And yes, if in doubt, I will try it on for that feel. Um, it's about the fit, obviously, but how does it make you feel when you put on that garment? If it makes you feel anything less than fabulous and you're pulling at it and it's just not sitting right, you're never going to grab it out of the cupboard to wear because you you only grab things that give you that feeling of confidence or give you a lift or motivate you because it's a great cut and colour. Um, I actually say if you can make sure every piece in your wardrobe makes you feel fabulous, then you've always got something to wear. And going back to that idea that we often have too much to choose from and that it takes a level of organisation, what about when we've got too much to choose from that we've bought over a really long period of time? And I know, for example, that my life, my style, my tastes dramatically shifted between my 30th birthday and my 40th birthday. And certainly from my 40th birthday to my 47th birthday, I feel like my clothes were like costumes that told a story of a character that I was in my life or I was trying to portray. So in my 30s, they were the big you know, career years. I had a cosmetic distribution company. I was traveling around the world maybe four or five times a year, pitching for big business deals. And I had to present as much older, sophisticated, very much in charge. So I dressed a different way. Then I became a mother and I had a publishing business and I needed to shift the way that I looked because I was working with media agencies and I was dealing with, you know, 20 year olds. And then again, after that, after my divorce, 
I wanted a completely different version of me to turn up and I, and I had shifted so much. But I still have a lot of my clothes, like my favourite things, hanging in my wardrobe. Do you do, you know, how do you evolve your style with a little bit of foresight? What, what advice would you give if, you, if you're at the precipice of change? I think roll with it but take baby steps because it might be a temporary thing. Um, so maybe don't get rid of everything straight away. But I also, I've had those similar seasons in my life and I call them seasons because that was who you were then and that's okay. It doesn't matter if you're a different person now. Most of us are. Most of us are not the same people we were in our 20s and 30s and even 40s. And I think it's okay to let it go. Obviously, if something is sentimental and it still brings you great joy to look at it, even though you're not going to wear it and you've got the storage, then keep it because that's still going to spark a memory. As long as it's a good memory, <laughs> um, that's what I would do. As long as it's not bad memories and, and I would hold on to it um, if it still brought you some level of joy. Um, it doesn't mean you have to wear it again, but it's like your own um, collection of of who you are through the years. It'd be I great really to roll out for your 50th. Yeah. <laughs> I really resonate with your idea, like that thing about memories, because I truly believe that your clothes hold the memory of the occasions that you've worn them. And sometimes just like a, as an exercise in gratitude or like being really present, I will actually go through my wardrobes and pull out dresses and relive the memory that is held in that dress. And Beautiful. I remember uh, Lee Tulloch wrote a book when I was in my teens called Fabulous Nobodies. And it was about a girl who was a door girl at a New York nightclub. And it was about the dresses that she wore. And each dress had a memory and a personality. And it always resonated with me. And I think that as part of the evolution of style, you, you do need to go back and say, who was the girl that wore that dress? And who is the woman that you are now? And who's the woman that you want to be? And do they resonate? Because clothes say so much about how you want to feel, what you project. So it's really important to be, I think, as you said, aligned with the seasons that you're living yeah, and through. And be okay that it's changed if that's how you feel. Um, we can be guilty of regretting a previous season, but I know it was who we were at the time. And if we look back on a photo or, as you said, you pulled out the dress and you have good feelings about it, then it wasn't a mistake. It was who you were. Tell me, how has your style evolved since we first met, which I, I want to say was about 12 oh, years ago gosh. I think when I first started, um, when I first started and I left my job as a journalist and I started styling you, um, I actually started personal styling clients and it was a really a good window into the mindset of other women. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We've all got body issues. It doesn't matter what size you are. Isn't it true? Um, yeah. But it kind of was the start of my journey into finding my own style because I guess I had like an office style, but then I was working from home. I had a small, um, my youngest was only three at the time. So you do, you're doing that 
split between daycare pickups or uh, park visits or something in between doing meetings or you've got to have a wardrobe that handles both. Definitely had to evolve my wardrobe from an office, um, kind of predominantly office wear slash beach wear for the weekends through to something that was um, a mix of smart casual pieces that could be dressed up or dressed down depending on 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 the occasion or the situation whether you're going to meeting and you grab a jacket. And it was probably the biggest change, but I would say it took me quite a few years to adjust to that way. And there are now so many of us um, through situation um, or just the changing evolution of workplaces and more women working for themselves that we do need more of those pieces to show our style that can be dressed up or dressed down and have that versatility but still look put together if you need to be for a in-face meeting or a Zoom meeting. So I feel like those years in my 40s were spent, I've always loved fashion, but trying to really understand what clothes made me feel like the person that I was um, and have become. And, yeah, I think it's just always something, I don't think you ever reach a destination on that. I think it's a fun thing to continue to play and explore with because, as we've just talked about, we do change. And that's definitely how it's been for me over the 13 or so years since I've been doing the online thing and been really in that whole style world. So what advice would you give um, to someone who really wants to um, radically change their style? They feel that they have changed, but their wardrobe is stuck with another season of their life. What are some tips that you can give us to update and to transform your clothes as you would any other aspect of your glow up? Um, so if you have the means, I definitely would say it is worth investing in a session with a personal stylist and so many of them are doing it virtually now and they can look at what you have in your wardrobe. They can understand um, where you're at and why you might want to evolve your wardrobe and you can find them in just about, well, you don't have to even be in the same city of these pe- these women anymore and they can help you just take your style to the next level and find um, different ideas in a non-judgment kind of way because you might have a a friend or a relative who you think might be able to help you, but they're probably going to suggest things that suit them. Whereas if you talk to someone who's independent and um, impartial and well-trained and is fully aware about what's in the shops and they can work to your budget, then that is a different, definite way to get you started. And then it's a matter of that not being too rigid in your choices and playing. You can always return something if you've bought it from somewhere that has a good return policy and you do the right thing and you send it back quickly. Um, But if you play with different ideas, that's when you'll step out of your comfort zone. And if you do it with the help of a personal stylist, then that is going to make that um, leap a little bit lighter. If you can't afford a stylist or don't want to go down that path, what are some of the things that you can share with us from, you know, your years of experience that can be some quick at home things we can start with? Um, Well, it comes back to 
really organizing your wardrobe and making sure that anything that is in there is um, in good condition and makes you feel good and it fits. So that's a really good starting point. Um, and if you can't afford a personal stylist, Instagram is your own virtual stylist. It's just about really curating your Instagram followers to be inspired by the women and men who you see and what they wear. And you can easily follow different hashtags like Everyday Style is one I started way back in 2013. It's kind of been taken over by the world, but you do see a range of different women, different styles, different shapes, different ages, um, and you can follow different hashtags like Outfit of the Day, Reels are giving lots of different inspiration um, for how to wear things. So if you spend some time filling your feed with women whose style you resonate with or maybe whose style challenges you, that could work as well, then you're going to see those images come through and videos come through and that will spark ideas um, for you to maybe try something that is a little bit different. One one of the things that I always love to see and more so in the past few years is, you know, the Met Ball and you <laughs> see the, you know, the style interpretation of the cost, the theme of the year by such a broad range of ages of, of celebrities. And this year, you know, it, it was really uh, diverse. And I, I found myself being equally obsessed with, you know, Kendall Jenner, who was in a see-through um, I think it was Balenciaga or Givenchy. And as, you know, someone who was, you know, much older, Sharon Stone looked absolutely incredible, like flawless. Um, there are years where you you look at Meryl Streep, you look at um, Julianne Moore, uh, you know, sitting front row and Tom Ford and you go, oh, my God, like I want to look like her, but I equally want to look like Gigi Hadid in Prada. Um and I think that that keeping your eye open across a broad range of ages and body shapes yeah. is really important too because then you don't get tunnel vision and you don't start to see yourself as limited. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And you also um, start to chip away at this idea that there's only one version of beautiful and the more that you see that kind of diversity the more you accept yourself, if that makes sense. Very much Because so. you're going, well, she's looking stunning. Maybe I could wear that. And she's looking stunning. Maybe I could wear that. And I think that's where events like um, the Met Gala really do help because you get full diversity on every sphere um, and you see women owning it and men. <laughs> there were some great there were yeah, some crackers they're playing, in the they're being playful with, yeah, with yeah, playful. Which and obviously a, that's the extreme, but it underlines that playing, that's for sure. In Australia, do you think that we have graduated to our own confident version of stylish? Yes. I would say yes. We do all have to come out of our um, loungewear eventually. But <laughs> um, I think yes. I think we are a chilled out kind of nation overall and I feel like that we've fully embraced the smart casual but I feel like we don't feel stiff in it I feel like we um feel comfortable 
in, you know, wearing a pair of jeans with a beautiful silk top. We like to have that juxtaposition of, of those different things. But overall, we have a look that's not trying too hard, but we want to look polished and put together. And I feel, I feel like we do that well. When I travelled, when we could travel, I remember the funniest thing always happening is that I would spot in Paris or in New York or in London a woman who I thought was so stylish, absolutely gorgeous, and invariably she was an Aussie. Ah, there you and go. It, and oh. it was it was that kind of casual, undone, sporty, sexy glamour and it just worked. It just really worked. And in any occasion, and I think that that, you know, with the designers that we've got in Australia, that they've certainly uh, pushed the envelope and there's a, an originality uh, in the way that they design. But also I think that Australian women have, have, as you said, developed a confidence to style things. So it's not just the model. It's the model and here's me. And I think here's that Australia Here's how I would wear it. Yeah, and yeah. even with you know, hardcore designer labels, I always feel like an Australian woman will give it a sexy twist of her own and we do high-low really well. Talk talk to me about that because I think that's one of your signature. Yeah, I do like a bit of that because it's like you're hedging your bets about what you're going to get up to today or, <laughs> or tonight. And, and I think it's all about that confidence, particularly if you're walking into an event um, where it's not clear cut what the dress code might be. I mean, obviously your Met Galas and your um, black tie events, may they come back, um, that's very specific. Even weddings get a bit ambiguous these days. So mm. being able to hedge your bets a little bit and still look dressed up and um, have a bit of that tough, pretty look going on means that you could probably walk into a room and know that you're not going to stick out for being too underdressed or too overdressed, if that makes sense. So that's that confidence thing that I will, and I guess um, even when I come to the office here, it's not a formal situation and if I'm going to go and have a meeting and coffee with someone in my suburb, I don't want to walk out here, look work in a city office. What about mixing designer with high street or, you know, independent labels? Do you play in that space? Because I know that, you know, you often, I, I actually love the accessories that you choose. Whenever I go online and I see, I go, gosh, I didn't even think of that. That looks so chic. I love that. Um, oh, but do you, you think that that's part of kind of um, gracefully accepting that Perhaps you know your own style better than what's dictated to you is the it bag or the it shoe or the it denim jacket. Yeah, I feel I feel that the days of the it, maybe they're not numbered for a young fashion buyer. I don't know. I couldn't afford to buy the it stuff when I was in my twenties, but um, it. But I feel like I have a couple of young um, women on staff here, and one in particular. She is incredibly chic um, and will source things vintage or resell on Depop and um, or from her grandmother's cupboard. I think she's the minority, um, but I do know that young women today, 
have a greater sense of this style than I ever did. Like my daughter and my girlfriend's daughters for this, even from the school formal for uni balls, I never was able to put myself together like they look they ridiculous. Do. They look like Victoria's Secret models, every single one of them. Uh, and it just blows my mind because I think I was flat out putting a brush through my hair and popping on some lipstick. But, um, you know, full credit to them. Obviously, we didn't have YouTube to help us work out how to get a proper look. But uh, I feel like um, I've gone very off track here, but I feel like the young, the generation coming through will still go through seasons um, in how their style changes, but I feel like most of them will have a greater sense of their style at an earlier age because they've got so many more external influences um, than we have and it doesn't matter whether you live in a city or you live remotely, you've got those same influences. Is there a... A phase in your dressing that you hope never to repeat again. <laughs> well, you know what? I get very scared about saying that because next minute <laughs> I'll be going. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, even the big puffy sleeves that are out. Yes, I'm go- I'm going a dramatic sleeve, but if someone puts a taffeta one in front of me, that'll be like a, no, I did that in 1984. Is that Studi Baker Hawk? Do you remember? No, it was made by my girlfriend's mother. This is back in the day when dressmakers, you'd go and buy your pattern. I am showing my age now. And I'd buy my fabric and my girlfriend's mother made me, it was just straight, it was Lady Di, Princess Diana, sweetheart neckline, pale pink puffy sleeves, big yeah, so that's where I kind of am drawing a little line at the moment. But I've I've learnt never to say never because when the trends come and they just cycle through all the time now, there's always like a slight um, modernising of those trends and I find that a little bit fun and nostalgic. I know. I, I, I have a bunch of rah-rah skirts in my closet and... <laughs> Um, you know, they're French designer, but they are rara skirts. I, I'm wearing acid wash jeans, which I swore to God I would never wear again, but here they are. But you're right, there's a twist to it and there's a nostalgia to it that feels like, you know, a, a fun thing to play. Is there, um, is there a, a fashion icon or several that you look at that could be of any age that you think have have really got timeless style that when you see them, it always takes your breath away? Yes. Um, I look at, oh, my gosh. Huh. Oh, the first person that came to mind isn't alive anymore, but Carolyn Bissett. Oh, yeah, she's that, glorious. That, yeah that that definitely um and do you know what I love Meghan Markle's style um what do you I like it's about controversial. Her style? I love the simplicity of it the minimalist um styling um and that was evident when she was on suits it was all Rachel's and I didn't style, just want to wear a pencil look, skirt with a white shirt um, I just I instantly wanted to work in a law firm with a pencil <laughs> skirt when she was wearing it. She was super sexy. With delicate jewellery and, yeah, and I just think I think that's more of my less is more 
kind of start personal style, although I have been through phases where it's been more is more, I feel like I feel more confident with that less is more. So it's it's, it's people like that. But honestly, over the years, my greatest style influence comes from my girlfriends, the, the girls you go out to lunch with, the girls you go on holidays with. Um, you, you kind of, because they're real people and um, they'll wear something fabulous and you, it's not like you're going to copy it, but you're inspired by it because it's exactly right for them. And that gives you permission to choose something that is exactly right for you. And that's fun because I think women, we dress up for other women. We I was going to say, I was going to ask you, who are you dressing for? We dress for each other. <laughs> we dress for each other. And there's nothing like, and I hate to say this to all the beautiful people who have been in lockdown for way too long, there is nothing like a long lunch with your girlfriends. It just, it, it fills your cup. Everyone gets dressed up. No one's worried about being underdressed and just or overdressed because of more is more. And it's just, it, it feel you feel that when you get that opportunity. To finish off our conversation, I want to ask you, what do you, what outfit do you turn to when you're feeling blah and you need to dial up the sunshine and fabulous and you know this look makes you feel gorgeous and ageless and ready to face whatever is ahead? Basically what you're wearing right now, the black with the red lip. Bang. It does if, fix if everything. <laughs> it fixes everything. Absolutely, because you don't have to be worried about your eye makeup because it's all about the lips. I mean, you do the eye makeup, but you don't have to do it. And honestly, that, a beautiful blow dry <laughs> and anything black from my wardrobe, and I unashamedly love wearing black. I do not believe in the myth that it makes you look older. It just is there for you. And if you are struggling or overthinking what you're going to wear, just grab the black dress, pop on a red lippy, and you're good to go. Well, it was wonderful to actually have this conversation with you. I'm going to link out to your site because it literally is the best treasure trove of inspiration and great advice. And it was so nice to see you. I'm still in lockdown. You're holding... um, your premier's holding the keys to whether or not I get to come and enjoy lovely Queensland over Christmas, New Year. But it was really wonderful to see you, Nikki. It's always just a joy. Like the time we ran into each other in New York. Can we just quickly tell that story? Yes, tell the story. It was a long lunch, a girl's long lunch, and we all got dressed up and we drank a lot of sensor. Um, And I walked out of the, um, I was with a bunch of vloggers, Balthazar. Yeah. Literally walked out the door and there you are. And how old would your daughter have been? It was Lily would have been 18 months. She was in a pram. She was in a stroller. And we're like, look, doing this. And we'd been in the air conditioning, having some wines. So it was kind of like this surreal moment. A bit like you said, then when you walk down the street and you see Aussies when you're away, I don't think we looked that stylish. You looked amazing. All of you looked absolutely amazing. But it was just like. Well, I clocked you. I've it was this. And I've gone, oh, is that stylish woman? And I've gone, oh my goodness. <laughs> I remember. I remember that day so vividly. I loved it. So I hope that we get to do our sliding doors moment again soon in, in real I'll time, either in Brisbane as as or Sydney. But um, 
you know, congratulations on the phenomenal digital platform that you've built that's just served and inspired so many women. And um, I can't wait to um, share the link so that uh, some of our viewers and readers can also and listeners can enjoy what you have to share as well. Thank you. Nikki, you forgot to talk to us about your book and your own label. Yes. So the book is seven years old now, but it has um, my tried and true steps for unlocking your style. That's the name of the book, Unlock Your Style. And they're still the same premises that I have, and we've touched on some of them in the conversation. And then two and a half years ago, I thought it would be a great idea to start my own label of wardrobe basics so that everyone had quality Australian-made basics that are cut for curves. So that has been an interesting startup side to my business, but one that definitely has developed from the community, um, from women, what they've been wanting. And it definitely is aimed at making that what to wear question a whole lot more simple. And where is that available? Is that also on your site or is that distributed in stores? There's a link um, on my main site to our shop and it is just sold online. I'm I'm 100% going to share that because I didn't know that you had a label. I did know you had a book because you and I published our books in the same year. Oh, yeah, we did. Yes, Yes. so mine was called Rescue Me and I had a chapter around fashion, but your entire um, publication was devoted to it and it's an amazing book and I'm really excited to share it because it is a super practical guide, a a wonderful how-to. Thank you. Yes, so the label is all made in Sydney, which is why I will be coming down to visit you at some point when I can come back doing my business trips. (laughs) Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that.